episode 57 of the Ferris podcast of them all is here. Your host, Joshua Ferris, back this week. And let me tell you, I have survived St. Louis. If you recall, the last episode was about survival tips for you and your significant other when you go on vacation. The tips and tricks from the professionals. Well, I'm here to tell you how those work or how they didn't and give you a little insight on what to do when you travel to St. Louis with your significant other. And you can notice in the background, we got a little Rascal Flats life is a highway because that's what it felt like on the trip. First things first, before we really get started and dive too deep into it, one thing I forgot to mention in the first episode, when I was given the tips and tricks and I was talking about how you need to compromise and work things out, you know, compromise on those decisions, make sure you're both going to a place that you're excited about. One thing that I didn't even think of, and this is pretty important, was compromising on a decision. Yeah, I slightly touched on it. We have different music tastes. I've touched on that in the past. Hannah and I have completely different music tastes. But what we did, I thought was pretty unique. We created a playlist and we added songs that we each wanted to hear. We put it on shuffle on Spotify and listened to it basically the whole trip. So it provided both of our music. We were able to each have the songs we wanted when they would come up. And it definitely helped ease the trip. And, you know, it did make life feel like a highway. We were just cruising along. Let me say, I drove the whole trip, not because I had to, but because I I wanted to. I just feel more comfortable driving. I don't like being in cars with other people driving. It's like a control thing, a safety thing. I just get nervous and anxious about it. So that was something we compromised. She's like, all right, you go ahead and drive. So I drove the whole trip. I mean, it was great. Typically, when I drive, I don't have much company. I will say she provided great company when she was awake. But while she was napping, there was not much to do. So I was jamming out when my songs came on, and then when her songs came on, I thought about skipping it, but I was like, no, I couldn't do that if she was awake, so I'm not going to do it while she's asleep. So I just went ahead, let it play out, and I mean, I survived, so we're all here. But like I said, this episode is all about recapping those tips for traveling with your significant other. We're going to talk about how they did or didn't work, and then we'll get into rating the things that we did in St. Louis. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and dive in. That first one was choose a destination you're both excited about. Not much to recap on that one because nothing changed. We already had the trip planned. St. Louis was the move, and let me tell you, it was definitely a good time, and the things that we did were great. So don't have much time to spend on that. Talk through the whole trip in advance. Like I had already mentioned in the last episode, we did that to a T. And I will say that this tip right here is crucial. It is very important. That communication aspect with anything, not even going on a trip, but communication with your significant other regarding any decision or any event is very important. It made the whole trip easier. 
And it made it more fun knowing that, hey, this is kind of what we're expecting. This is how it's going to go. This is what we have planned. What would you like to do? What would I like to do? We just talked the whole thing. And it made it a breeze. So I would give that a 10 out of 10 on tips that we talked about. And if you're planning a trip with your significant other, definitely have that communication. Talk through the entire trip. Because so much conflict and anxiety comes from things that are unsaid. So if you just get out your opinion or your feeling or whatever you're thinking, it will go a long way and help make the trip a better trip. You know, the next one we talked about was being prepared for changes. Nobody likes change. And I will say we did a pretty good job. We did encounter a couple things that we had to navigate some change. We thought, you know, we did a decent amount of research and that is something we talked about as well when you talk about having that whole trip planned. Well, the Butterfly House and the Botanical Garden, they're owned by the same people in St. Louis, but they're not in the same area. And we had read the schedule wrong, so we actually had less time planned than we thought at the Botanical Garden and had to drive over to the Butterfly House and wasn't really expecting that. So we had to be prepared for that schedule to change a little bit, and it was perfectly fine. We navigated through it, and it wasn't a problem. So I would say having the ability to be flexible knowing that not everything is going to happen to a T will also make your trip better. Having a plan B or being able to go with the flow and figure things out will definitely help you in the long run. Compromising on decisions. Now, this is, this is a given. I mean, think about it. Literally, in anything in life, whether it's with a significant other or a project partner or a business partner, or anything that you could think of, you got to be willing to compromise. You got to meet in the middle. At times, like I've said in the podcast before, it is okay to disagree. But when you're on a trip like this, you got to figure something out. You got to reach an agreement. And sometimes to do that, somebody's going to have to compromise. But it shouldn't just be somebody. It should be both of you. You both got to compromise. You know, we kind of did this ahead of the trip. And that goes into talking the whole trip through. We decided that we were going to compromise and have split music. That way we could each have what we like to listen to play. We decided we would each pick a restaurant because we typically like different settings and scenery and want to do different things. And we had a different amount of days there. So I picked one, she picked one, and then we had a mutual pick. So it definitely worked out, made the trip so much easier. I mean, you can definitely compromise on this trip. But I think planning the trip and compromising ahead of time makes the trip 100 times better. The next tip here, didn't use. I still don't think it's important. Doesn't really matter. But it's participate in events where you'll meet people. If that's something you and your significant other are interested in doing, I'm sure it would help make the, tip, make the trip better for you. It'd probably be a good tip. But for me personally, we didn't use it. It didn't help. It wouldn't have helped. Wouldn't have made the trip any better. So that's how it is. Learning how to share. We didn't really encounter any problems with this. I would say we're very good at sharing as we already share a common space together. It is still a little different when you're traveling and you're in like a hotel room. You have even smaller space to share and live in. But no problem here for us. I would definitely say that it is a good tip and you need to be prepared to 
share a toothpaste tube and share one bathroom if you're used to having more than that or whatever the case may be, being in a car, confined space, sharing the radio. You know, like we've already said, we compromised on how we were going to play the music. But for some people, they're not great at sharing. Everything has to be one person's way. So if that's for you, this would definitely be a good tip. I would rank it as a priority for us. We didn't necessarily need it because we already kind of had that mission accomplished. We're cruising through these here. Got a few tips left. Deciding on a budget. I would say we stuck pretty true to the budget. We already knew what we wanted to spend ahead of time. It goes back to that communication and planning. We were able to do everything that we wanted to do. There wasn't anything that we had to miss out on. Neither one of us pressured the other person into trying to do something more expensive or doing something different because we had our set budget of this is what we're going to do. This is about how much we're going to spend and we're going to go from there. So it helped. It eased all tension that could have been there. You know, many arguments come about of finances in a relationship. We didn't have that problem. And I think we didn't because we had the communication. We already had everything planned out and decided ahead of time. So if you're going to do that, you won't have that problem. But if for some reason you're not going to plan everything out, you should decide on a budget, figure that out and go with the flow there Make sure you stay true to it because then you'll have resentment if the other person makes you go over or whatever the case may be. And it will lead to fights. It will lead to arguments. It'll ruin the trip. But again, we didn't have that. So I would say this is an important tip for when you go on a trip with your significant other. Got set aside alone time as the tip number eight here that we talked about. Again, this is from the bustle. We didn't have that. To, to an extent, we did. Typically, we, we didn't, though. The alone time that we did have, though, we had different morning routines. We don't, like, get ready together at the same time. We get ready at different times. One, because it takes us a different amount of time to get ready. But besides that, we do it in a different pattern or a routine. So instead of bothering or harassing each other, if that's the word you'd like to use in the morning... We give each other that space. We let the person get ready how they want to get ready, the way they want to get ready. Typically for me, I get up, I shower, brush my teeth, all that. And then I have to ask, hey, does this match? Because if you know me, you know that I'm not a very good matcher. To me, I'll grab clothes, throw them on, and walk out the door, no matter what color or style they are. Because at the end of the day, to me, it doesn't really matter. But... I understand when you're in public that you should probably look decent and you should probably match. So that was also a part of the morning routine for us. I had to ask, hey, this, this outfit goes together, right? And I did that ahead of time when packing to make sure I would have different outfits that would match so we didn't run into a situation where I was going to be looking like a slob who didn't know how to dress while we were there. But I just wanted to double check. So that was like the morning routine. We had that alone time briefly every morning. But I could definitely understand how some couples may need some alone time. They may have different interests that are pretty far apart. And somebody may want to do one thing. Somebody may want to do the other. And it's not something that you can reach a compromise and do together. So do it alone while you're there. There's not a problem with that. Everybody needs a little space. Every couple's different. So what tips may have worked in my relationship on this trip 
First off, it may not work on a different trip. Second off, it may not necessarily work for your relationship. You have to really know your relationship and know your significant other. You have to find out what works well in your relationship and what doesn't. Because it may work for one, but it may not work for the other. It's like I said, may work for one trip, may not the other. So figure out how the trip is going to go, how you would like it to go, and how you can make sure it goes that way. And you may have to use some of the tips that we didn't use. Number nine was to express any concerns you have in advance. Looking back, we did that. It worked out well. We figured everything out. We may have had a couple disagreements planning the trip ahead of time, but we worked through them. We were able to talk about the concerns each person had, and we could avoid fights about it because we set that out on the table of, hey, this is how I'm feeling. I'm kind of I'm kind of feeling like maybe you don't actually really want to go or whatever the case may be. And you talk it out and that prepares you for the trip. It puts all of that negativity in the past. You've moved past it. You've grown together and you're more ready for the trip. So again, this tip is key. I agree with it 100% and it will make the trip. Honestly, it will make the relationship better. If you can do this at any given time, regardless of trips or whatever, when in a relationship, if you can express any problems or concerns that you're facing to your partner openly without feeling bad or having to hide it, things will be better for you. The communication will be easier. You both will be more open and honest. You'll be able to grow, talk things out. You'll be able to love each other more because you know that that person is truly authentic and they only want the best for you and themselves. Number 10 here, we, we did this to a certain extent. We didn't do it necessarily the way the article says, like having a family meeting where you, you get together and have daily check-ins. But while we would be doing things, we would each ask each other like, hey, are you having fun? Is this what you, how you thought it would be? Is there, would you like to do something different? Whatever the case may be, we would just ask each other questions to make sure like, hey, are you having a good time? Is this what you thought it would be? so on and so forth, just to do that check-in and make sure everything was all right with each other. Because sometimes maybe something happened where somebody cut in front of them in the line or something when you weren't paying attention and it just kind of upset them and rubbed them the wrong way. Maybe they're like, oh, I'm just kind of upset at being in line. Whatever the case may be, that's very minor. Just a quick example off the top of my head. But just doing those check-ins definitely did help. If you need to have a more in-depth check-in, have some discussion and communication, do it kind of towards the end of the night or first thing in the morning. Get that worked out and talked out. There's nothing wrong with that. I would recommend it. Or you can do the approach that we took. Do those slight check-ins of, hey, making sure you're all right. Are you having fun? Is everything okay? All of that. Nothing wrong with that. A couple more tips and tricks that we covered here on the Washington Post. Start small. You know, if you're a new couple and you haven't really traveled much together, do something small. I would say what we did was small to medium as a trip-wise. Went to St. Louis. Wasn't too far of a trip. We did do a lot, though. It was action-packed the whole time. And then we went and saw her sister afterwards and then came back. It was a good trip. It was a good amount to do, especially for the first time. So I would definitely recommend that as well. I would not recommend first trip with your significant other, traveling across country, spending three weeks, spending thousands of dollars. I probably wouldn't recommend that on the first trip. 
But now, after you get a couple trips under your belt, you amp up, you can up the ante there. I could definitely agree with that tip. Again, similar to the bustle, the Washington Post talks about being transparent about your budget beforehand. We've already discussed that. Definitely works. So I recommend that you use that tip. Discussing your preferred travel styles. We were just going by car, so we didn't really have to necessarily talk too much about that. But you can talk about, for example, when we went up into the arch, do you want to sit by the door? Do you want to sit far away from the door? Figure out what makes them the most comfortable, and it will make the trip better as well. Without further ado, we have got to discuss the things that we did in St. Louis. You know, surviving St. Louis. That's what we did. Not that St. Louis is like scary or anything like that, but the trip went well. We, we used those tips and tricks that I just discussed for the most part. May have made slight altercations to them. We used them and it worked. Typically, you hear that mumbo jumbo from like gurus saying that this is how you have to do things and it's kind of a load of garbage. But what I read to you, what I discussed, actually worked, and I, I recommend it. I typically wouldn't do that, and if, I would tell you if it didn't work. I, I wouldn't lie to you. But what did we do in St. Louis? Besides those tips and tricks, we had to do things, you know. So if you're going to St. Louis, the things I recommend for you to do, first and foremost, number one, the zoo. You have to do the St. Louis Zoo. I have been to a few zoos. I would argue that the St. Louis Zoo is one of the best zoos in the country. Now, I haven't been to too many zoos, but of the zoos I have been to, in my opinion, the St. Louis Zoo does not compare to any other zoo. You have to go there. You literally can spend the whole day there. We got there right after they opened at like 8 o'clock, and we spent basically the whole day there. I... I think we left around 2-ish, 2.30. I don't really remember. It's not necessarily all a blur, but I don't remember the exact time that we left. But we could have spent even longer there if we wanted to. It was super hot. We had seen just about every animal already. There was a couple exhibits that were closed due to COVID, so we would have been there even longer if they had been open. So that's a, that's a day trip right there. The St. Louis Zoo, so much fun. And if you go, I'm telling you right now, do the Adventure Pass. The zoo is free. You pay 15 bucks to park. The zoo itself is free. Do the Adventure Pass. It's like $15 for an Adventure Pass. And with the Adventure Pass, you get free train ride, because they have a train in there. So you get free train rides. You get Sea Lion Show. So you get to go do that. You get, oh, I don't even remember what all you get. Oh, you get, to, you get to pet the stingrays. You get to go into the 4D theater and watch their 4D show. And you get to go into their dinosaur park that they have now and see the animatronic dinosaurs. All of that, 15 bucks. When if you break it down, I'm pretty sure it said it was like a $40 value. So why would you not do it? Like... Do it, and you get every experience you could want at the zoo. So I would do that. The next thing that I would recommend to do in St. Louis is the arch, if you've never seen it before. Now, if you've seen it recently, you probably don't necessarily have to do it again. 
But if you've never been up to the top, it is an experience. It is something that you won't forget to say, oh, I've been up there. It's awesome. The view is beautiful. And if you haven't done it before, it's a must. The next few things that you need to do, this honestly surprised me, but the botanical garden was really pretty to see. I'm not a big plant guy. I'm not a big flower guy. That's not really my thing, but it was still really cool to see all of that in an area. I will say, this is a little joke here, I was slightly disappointed at the botanical garden because the Climatron does not mean you climb on things. It's, it means climate. They had different plants that had to be controlled climates. I did not know that when I read Climatron, so I was slightly disappointed, but it was still cool. I got to see bananas on a tree. I'd never seen that before, so that's really cool. The other things that we did in St. Louis, we did Dave & Buster's. It's definitely a good getaway, like a doll arcade, eat, drink, have fun. And just kind of, it takes me back to like childhood Chuck E. Cheese, but adult version, way better, way cooler. So if that's something you would be interested in, definitely do that. I mean, they have Saint, they have Dave & Buster's everywhere, not just in St. Louis. So depending on where you take your trip with your significant other, I would recommend going. We did the city museum. Honestly, I love the city museum. Super cool. But now I'm getting to the age and the point where I probably won't go back until I have kids. It is a lot of climbing around. It's really cool to go outside, climb through these tunnels, be suspended in the air in like old planes that are like hanging out and you crawl through, crawl through different castles and caves. It is really fun. The older you get though, the harder it gets. And not even that I'm that old, but I could already feel it. So I probably will not be going back until I have kids, but I would definitely take my kids if or when I have them. So that is something to factor into your trip as well. That wasn't the end. We did the butterfly house, but honestly, I wouldn't necessarily make the trip to go do that. It was neat, but typically the zoo has a butterfly house. Unfortunately, it was closed when we went. That's kind of why we decided to do the butterfly house. If it's going to be open in the zoo, I probably wouldn't make the drive to do the butterfly house because it's not even really in St. Louis. You have to go out of your way to do so. So I'd probably skip the Butterfly House. We ate at many different restaurants. We ate at the Fountain on, on Locust. It was really cool. They had ice cream martinis. And we ate at the Lou Historic Bar and Grill right next to the Arch. So if you're going to go to the Arch and you want walking distance, there was restaurants right over there. Go do it. They had over 120 shots and drinks that you could try. So that was really cool. That was something interesting that I never really experienced before. But even if you're going to go, you don't have to go to those restaurants. Find a restaurant in St. Louis that is like unique to you. Something you've never had before because it's something you'll remember and experience you'll be able to take away. Another thing that we did was Union Station. Relatively new in St. Louis. They've repurposed the old train station, Union Station. They've got an awesome aquarium in there. Again, super interactive. You can pet stingrays, sea anemone, all kinds of different things there. They've got a mini golf course, 18 holes, really, really small. Like the holes are small. They're like maybe a little straight, boom, quick turn. Harder than it looked though. They had different rocks and weird spots. So it's still fun. It like 
took you by surprise how hard it was because it looked super easy. They had a big Ferris wheel. They had carnival games there that you could play. They had old restaurants and things. They had a water pond with a bunch of koi fish, and they had like a fire show. They had these like fake lily pad type things that like shot water up toward to music at the top of every hour. That was super fun. They had a mirror maze, which wasn't hard. It probably would have been harder, but people had touched the glass, so there were smudges on it. So my keen eyesight, let me tell you, I could see those smudges, and we, we navigated through that pretty quick. Had a ropes course. Literally, they had all kinds of things there. A good couple hours to knock out and do. I would recommend that as well if you go to St. Louis. One of the last things we did in the trip was the Science Center. The zoo was the very last thing we did, but I recommend that first, number one overall, because it's, it's the best. The cream of the crop of things to do in St. Louis, the zoo. I mean, I'm biased. I'm a Cardinals fan, so I would say a Cardinals game. We didn't do that while we were there because they were away all week, but that's beside the point. We did the Science Center. And now, I tell you, growing up, I hated science. I still hate science. I, I, luckily, I don't have to take any more science classes in my collegiate career. Done with that. Because I don't like it. I think I've never been great at science. I mean, I, I do fine. I get decent grades, but not a science fan. But I will say the Science Center itself, super cool. Super interactive. So many different things you could learn. Actually did learn a few things. It was a unique experience. So I would recommend, especially if you have kids and you're taking kids on the trip to St. Louis, the Science Center must do. If you don't, I would still probably try to plan it in the trip if that's something that interests you. It's very unique, and I would probably go and do it again or go to a different science center in a different city because it was very interesting, very interactive, and did learn a lot. Before we wrap up the show, I have talked about these tips and tricks when traveling with your significant other. Like I said, I stand by what I said. These were great tips and tricks, and the experts, the professionals, whatever you want to call them, they definitely knew what they were talking about, and it did help. Made the trip great. I've talked about surviving St. Louis. I've talked about the things you need to do in St. Louis. Like I said, I recommend just about everything we did. Overall, great trip, great experience. Each place was great, pretty cost-friendly, good on the budget, and you know, times being tough, and you still want to plan a trip, I recommend St. Louis. You can, you can make it work. There was still plenty of free stuff to do. But one thing I will tell you about St. Louis is you have to be prepared for people to not know how to drive. Literally one of the worst cities I have seen people drive in. They had no clue what to do. You'd be in a turn lane and somebody would be in the straight lane and they would cut you off and turn with no signal. They'd be in the turn lane, you'd be in the straight lane, and they'd decide they were going to go straight and cut you off with no signal. It was terrible. People at four-way stops would stop way before you and then wave you on before you even got to the stop sign, but you still have to stop? Terrible. Absolutely terrible. I mean, now people everywhere, anytime they travel and go somewhere, they'll say, so-and-so doesn't know how to drive. People from that area don't know how to drive. And I have noticed that definitely in St. Louis, people do not know how to drive. It was the worst of the worst. So if you're going to go to St. Louis and you're going to use these tips and tricks that we've discussed at the beginning of the episode in part one and part two, 
you'll have a great trip. But not only that, do the things that you want to do while you're there. And if you take my advice and do some of the things that we did, I promise you'll have a great time. But to ensure you have a safe and fun time, be prepared for people not knowing how to drive in St. Louis. That brings us to everybody's least favorite part of the week, the end of the episode. Thanks for listening, liking, sharing, subscribing, tweeting. Any support you give, I appreciate it. Until the next episode, keep doing what you're doing. Live life. Hang tight. Because have no fear, another episode of the Ferris Podcast of them all will be here.